Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. We're going to take a look at the commercial real estate market. A lot of people are wary of stocks and kind of wondering about bonds. And they're looking for places to invest, Pim, that are liquid and alternative. For many people, this is a good one. Yeah, we're also going to talk about the office uh, the office space uh, business, retail. Uh, we'll take a look at malls as well as ground-up construction. Also, look at the condo market. Right now, let's take a look at business news. We've got Charlie Pellet of the Bloomberg Newsroom. And uh, thank you, Pim. Thank you, Kathleen. Let us begin with crude oil. Stocks are fluctuating, but crude now trading at 49.46 a barrel. Talking about West Texas Intermediate, down 10 cents there. A drop of two tenths to one percent. We did see Brie, uh, Brent crude briefly breach fifty dollars a barrel right now. Forty nine seventy nine a barrel on Brent, up five cents a gain there of point one percent. Stocks are coming off of their strongest rally in almost three months. Mixed data offering little clarity on whether the economy is strengthening enough to withstand higher interest rates as early as next month. Diane Swank is the founder of DS Economics. Clearly, the Fed is attempting to make this smooth. Although, let's let's face it, what's happened since December. The Fed moved in December, kind of a non-issue, and then all of a sudden we're dealing in this geopolitical and economic environment that's globally still fragile. And I think it's interesting that although we didn't hear a lot of economics from President Obama this morning, the real issue is geopolitics and policy are now economics. And I think that's very important as well because those can affect the economy quite a bit. Equities struggling for direction today as investors step back to assess a two-day advance that added nearly 360 points to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Costco wholesale shares gaining the most in more than six years after earnings topped analyst estimates. A sign the warehouse club is weathering a volatile retail climate. Costco shares are up now by 3.9%. Sears Holdings considering options for its Kenmore, Craftsman, and Die Hard brands, as well as its Sears Home Services repair business. Sears holding shares up 6.1%. Abercrombie & Fitch plunging after first quarter sales trailed analyst estimates. Abercrombie down 16.7%. Gold down 280 the ounce, a drop of two-tenths of 1%. 232 on Wall Street. Now we'll look at other news from around the world. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Alex Steele. Donald Trump has hit the magic number. According to the Associated Press, he now has the number of delegates needed to clinch the Republican presidential nomination. The AP count has Trump with 1,238, one more than is needed. A review of Democratic presidential primary results in Kentucky has found Hillary Clinton still ahead of Bernie Sanders. That's according to the Courier-Journal. Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton both picked up 27 delegates after the May 17th Kentucky primary, but one delegate was yet to be awarded from the 6th Congressional District. That goes to Secretary Clinton. At a press conference in Japan today with leaders of six other industrialized nations, President Obama commented on the Taliban's appointment of a new leader following the death of Mullah Mohammed Mansour in a U.S. drone strike last week. 
what they need to be doing uh, is to enter into serious uh, reconciliation talks that are led by Afghans. On Friday, President Obama becomes the first sitting president to visit Hiroshima. The battle over gay and transgender rights is spilling over into other issues in Congress. A $37 billion measure to fund the Energy Department and water projects has been killed in the House. It was opposed by many Republicans because of a provision designed to bar discrimination against gays and transgenders by federal contractors. The head of New Jersey State's Senate wants to move quickly on drumming up support for two new casinos near New York. Steve Sweeney says extra time is needed to get voters approval in a November referendum. Governor Christie says plans for the casinos are on life support because of financial turmoil in Atlantic City. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Alex Steele. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping a mixed picture for stocks. The Dow is lower by 0.1%. The S&P 500 index little changed. It is up by less than 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Stocks are fully valued. That's what many guests are saying. Bond yields are low. The prices are high. If you want to get a positive return, if you want to find a yield on an investment that you think is solid, where do you go? More and more people are turning to commercial real estate. We're speaking now to an expert in the field, Rachel Gilbert Solomon, co-founder, managing partner at Atalanta Advisors, based here in New York, recently opening a West Coast office and joining us in our New York studio. So, Rachel, welcome. Thank you for having me. So, uh, what would you say right now is hottest in the commercial real estate market? Where are you seeing the most demand? Is it, is it multifamily? We know a lot of people are renting instead of buying. Is it is it uh, retail? Where do you see a lot of demand right now? We see, uh, well, multifamily has historically been the asset class that has performed the best, and we see that continuing in this market. Although I will say in a lot of the Class A prime markets, there's been a tremendous amount of new product that's come online. So for the first time, we're seeing a little pushback in rent increases until that new construction gets absorbed. We see that continuing. But on the whole, as an asset class, we think multifamily is still the best bet. Are you talking about markets like San Francisco, New York, those kinds of places? Yes, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, Miami. Um, major gateway cities. It seems as though the competition for properties means that buyers or investors are maybe not bending the rules, but at least expanding their horizons, right? So, for example, I know that you've been looking at things like what REITs do, and they necessarily say, all right, a certain vintage of apartment house or a certain vintage of building, they're not going to touch that's changed, hasn't it? Yes, Penn. The, the, the boundaries in where institutional investors, REITs, and, and even private investors are moving uh, very quickly. Used to be there was a line in the sand where investors, for, for example, wouldn't invest in something that was built before 1990 because prior to that you had eight-foot ceilings. And that is not as desirable for a renter. But because it's been so challenging to find deals, we find that across the board, investors are pushing their boundaries. They're willing to go to uh, earlier vintages. They're willing to look at things that require a little more work to get that return. Rachel, how important is cheap credit? Now, the Fed's maybe going to raise rates a couple times this year, We've and, and that is pushing up the short end a little bit. 
But in terms of longer-term financing costs, you still have very low yields. Is that a, How much of a driver is that for commercial real estate broadly? Is it going to be affected if the Fed moves a couple more times this year? The cheap credit is is really instrumental in driving real estate, and we don't see that changing anytime soon. I know that there's been a lot of talk about the Fed potentially raising rates in June. The uh, credit markets have priced that in a little bit, and we're still at historically low interest rates. So as long as credit is as plentiful as it has been, we don't see that affecting the market. Hey, Rachel, I know that you've done what in the Atlanta part, uh, advisors, what, $600 million worth of deals, markets like New York, San Francisco, Denver, Baltimore, Fort Lauderdale, northern New Jersey. But you also say that people are looking at, I don't want to call them second tier, but alternatives. For example, rather than go to the east coast of Florida, you go to the west coast of Florida. It's sort of like rather than go to Williamsburg, you kind of go to Bay Ridge, at least for those who understand Brooklyn. <laughs> what, is Is that just because it's just – you know, the competition or what? what is causing this trend? Well, um, it's just very challenging to be able to find a return. And so, um, again, it's an expansion of parameters. Is that because the seller, is the seller not realistic? The seller wants too much and the, and the buyer won't come through? I mean, is the bid-ask spread closing or what, what's happening? Yes. We're, we're seeing a change in the marketing process as well because it, it, the market is so competitive. There is a, a tighter a, a tighter span in the bid-ask spread. We're seeing the marketing process being condensed, less time for diligence, less time to close. Um, and because sellers know that while the market is like this, they have to kind of, let's say, make hay. Um, but it's all signs of a very strong market because deals are closing at contract price. They're not being retraded. So that's a sign that it, there is a market clearing price and, and the market's very robust. Malls, Rachel. We talked to Tom McGee this week. He's CEO of the International Council of Shopping Centers. He was at the Recon Convention out of Las Vegas. To me, he was surprisingly upbeat on... On, on retail, on the demand for these mall spaces, I thought, you know, brick and mortar was dying. What are you seeing in the market? Well, there's been a transition in the way people shop. Obviously, a lot of shoppers move online. But regional malls are still integral as social meeting centers. And so what malls have used to be are very different from what they are today. And they're transitioning to become lifestyle centers. Maybe they're an indoor amusement park. Maybe they're they're an indoor golf center or a fitness center. So they still are vital, but what they sell and how they sell is definitely changing. Quick question. What's a transit village? A transit village is um, apartment complex or a lifestyle center that is attached to maybe it's a commuter hub, um, a main station. And that is uh, significant because it follows the trend that younger buyers and the next generation really want to be closer to urban centers. So they don't want to live in a suburban life. And if they are living in the suburbs, they want to be someplace that gets them very quick access into the urban centers. Thank you very much for joining us. Rachel Gilbert Solomon, co-founder, managing partner, the head of the New York office of Atalanta Advisors. Many thanks. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes, and you're listening to Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by CBOE VIX Options and Futures. Volatility can be harnessed with CBOE VIX Options and Futures. See disclosures. Learn more at cboe.com slash powerful outcomes VIX.